Hi, and welcome to this week's LGBT Wellness Podcast. Each week, LGBT HealthLink, a program of Centerlink, brings you a roundup of some of the biggest LGBTQ wellness stories from the past week. Get ready to listen and learn lots. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another week of our LGBT Wellness Roundup. Don't forget that you can go to blog.lgbthealthlink.org if you want to check out the written version of the Roundup, which has links to all the stories we're about to discuss. Let's jump into our first piece of the week, Canada bans conversion therapy. Them reported that Canada has become one of the few countries around the world to ban conversion therapy nationwide. Starting in January, it will be illegal to perform or advertise conversion therapy in Canada, as well as to take a minor outside of Canada uh, to participate in the discredited practice elsewhere for people who are are, uh, living in Canada. Despite being found to cause serious harm to those involved, conversion therapy, in which someone tries to change another person's sexual orientation or gender identity, remains legal in most places. However, bans prohibiting the practice specifically against youth are slowly becoming more widespread. Next up, employment inequities in trans communities. Washington Blade shared recent research regarding employment in the trans community, which found that cisgender people were twice as likely as their trans peers to be employed and also made on average 32% more money. Furthermore, more than half of trans people were not comfortable being out as transgender at work, underscoring the stigma that they face. The author suggests that voluntary reporting from large employers on their transgender workforce could help bring more transparency and accountability to the issue, especially as gender identity is not included in official employment data, which reduces the visibility of the issue as well as the clarity about the challenge. And it's important to note, of course, that this isn't just about employment. Um, Without employment opportunities, many people don't have access to health care. Most of of the population receives health care through their employer or uh, spouses or parents, employer. Um, Also, of course, having the the income to pay for all the out-of-pocket expenses for health care and just the damage to one's well-being of Um, Not being employed, especially if someone feels that that's linked to their gender identity or not having um, the opportunity or the uh, ability to be out at work as one would like. So definitely an important uh, subject within the health and wellness space as well as uh, on its own as an employment issue. And now our next story, 2020 was tough for queer women. Behavioral Medicine published research finding that the unique stressors of the summer of 2020, namely the COVID-19 pandemic spreading and the increased attention to police-based violence against people of color, may have contributed to negative health outcomes for sexual minority women who had prior exposure to to trauma. Namely, the study found uh, in a sample of these women higher indicators for PTSD and problematic drinking um, than prior research suggested would normally be the case. And this was looking specifically from April to August of, of last year. This corresponded to qualitative reports about the impact of events during that period on mental health. Next up, children's home sues to discriminate. Pink News reported on a new lawsuit filed by a children's home suing the federal government after the Department of Health and Human Services reinstated rules prohibiting such facilities that receive federal funds from discriminating against LGBT people. 
More recently, the department also said it would crack down on the practice of allowing organizations to discriminate despite federal laws if they claimed that doing so was an expression of their organization's religious affiliation. The Children's Home does not want to place youth at the home of LGBT families, despite the law requiring that these families have equal access to services, and also the fact that these children need a home, and that research clearly shows that LGBT people are fit to be parents. And now a little bit more positive of a story, VA's Pride Program Explored. The U.S. Department of uh, Veterans Affairs shared an update on their Pride in All Who Served Health Education Program aimed at LGBT veterans. During the COVID-19 pandemic, the program added a telehealth option called Telepride to ensure continued access to services for those who weren't able to come in um, to a healthcare facility either because of limitations in, in their leaving the home or because facilities were closed. They also shared the story of a trans veteran who says that the program helped her to better understand her own identity, as well as to find community among fellow former service members, which I think in any context folks, um, you know, can struggle with, with finding that sense of community and with feeling like they're alone. And especially in the context such as um, those who uh, served in the military, where as we know, until very recently, um, they were not even allowed to serve openly, if at all. Um, and our, our trans veterans in particular still face a lot of challenges and access to services and, and being accepted. So really um, interesting to hear more about this unique program and the impact that it's having. And now our final story of the week, UK rallies for better trans health care. Yahoo reported on a rally in the UK to demand better health care for transgender patients. Among the concerns raised by those who are protesting are that gender identity clinics, or GICs, in the UK create a segregated system of care. They say that, among other things, um, these clinics have very long wait lists, uh, and while folks are waiting for care, um, that can cause a serious delay for the well-being of transgender folks. These clinics were recently evaluated in new research, which did identify some unmet needs among um, trans communities uh, based on this system. So... You know, in, in some ways, I think we can see it as a positive step forward when healthcare systems develop options for trans patients, but those options um, are not without their, their challenges and their limitations. And I think this story is, is a really good example of how the solution to providing trans healthcare um, may not be, you know, a, a simple one. Well, that concludes another edition of our LGBT Wellness Roundup. Thank you, as always, for tuning in, and don't forget that you can head to blog.lgbthealthlink.org if you want to follow up on any of these stories and read them for yourselves. We have all of the links there for you. Thanks, and tune in next week for another edition of our Roundup.